This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and this episode is for March the 12th, 2022. First thing I want to state is I apologize for not having an episode yesterday. Um, unfortunately, sometimes scheduling conflicts just arise. But you know what? We got a big episode for you guys today. So many things are happening in the world of wrestling. There have been several things that have caught my eye. So let's go ahead and let's just jump right into it. This is coming from the Wrestling Observer. WWE provides update on Big E's neck injury, and Big E says he will not need surgery. Now, Big E has provided a positive update after suffering a broken neck during a terrifying moment on Friday's SmackDown. In a video updated, uh, Big E stated that he will not need surgery for his broken neck. Big E stated that his C1 vertebrate and C6 vertebrate are fractured but aren't displaced, and he doesn't have any damage to his spinal cord or ligament damage either you can check out his tweet where he has a video thanking everyone for making sure that he's okay uh the injury happened during a tag team match where he biggie and kobe kingston were facing sheamus and ridge holland on friday night smackdown when taking an overhead belly to belly suplex on the floor from ridge holland biggie landed unfortunately on his head he was tended to by medical personnel and then stretchered out after the match incredible um it's so sad when you hear about people getting neck injuries. We, it, we, this is unfortunately just kind of, I hate to say it, but a common thing in pro wrestling when people get severe injuries. And, you know, it always makes me think of Hayabusa and how he broke his neck and how he was, you know, virtually confined to a wheelchair. And then finally, before he passed away, he was able to take a few final steps. But you think about him, you think about draws, and, and there's so many other people who, you know, their lives have been forever changed by broken necks. Steve Austin had a broken neck. Kurt Angle had a broken neck. Taz had a broken neck. Sabu had a broken neck. You know, but these things could end a lot worse than they than they are for Big E. So I am incredibly thankful that Big E is going to be okay. He's not going to need surgery and that things are going to be looking up for him. Uh, so nothing but our well wishes sent to Big E. And hopefully he will be on the men soon and we can hear some more updates on everything here. Uh, this next story is coming from Fightful.com. Very interesting here. Darby Allen being filmed for potential 
television show. Uh, now, this article is coming from Sean Ross Sapp. Let's go into it. Darby Allen has been filming content for a potential new show. Fightful has learned from various sources more on what was reported from a couple of weeks ago that additional AEW talent have been involved in talks about preparing on a Warner Media property series. We can confirm that Darby Allen has at least some content shot already for the show that is rumored tentatively titled Darby Allen's Day Off, which includes... Uh, a death-defying stunt. Time Warner has shown a lot of interest in AEW. Now, in addition to this, we've heard that all over all elite wrestling talent for the past year have been mentioned as potential reality stars for the network, including at least one that is heading the company um, that's heading to the company known as Shane Swerve Strickland. Now, the article first appeared on our premium service at Fightful Select, but if you want to hear more information, please, by all means, follow Sean Ross Sapp on social media, specifically Twitter, and subscribe to Fightful Select. So we will find out more about AEW stars and Warner Media potentially putting together some reality shows. What, what's your thoughts on reality shows starring wrestlers? You know, you, you've had Total Divas, you've had Miz uh, and Maurice, you've had their show as well. You've had Roads to the Top. Are there any other shows that you're interested in seeing pro wrestlers in? You know, when Hogan Knows Best was out there, I thought a lot of people were really excited about seeing life behind the scenes of pro wrestlers. But when you think about it, do we really want to see all of these things? Because it's not really reality. Let's be honest with ourselves. These things are very much scripted. And does it really pull the curtain back a whole heck of a lot? You know, some people may say, oh, absolutely, I love seeing this kind of stuff. And some people may say, not really. But you still have people who gravitate towards uh, 90 Day Fiance and The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. So there's definitely an audience for this. Why? I don't really know. The only thing I can think of is, in some ways, wrestling companies are trying to draw some interest from casual wrestling fans and seeing if they will jump on board and give wrestling uh, a follow should be interesting let me know what your thoughts are on wrestling reality shows you can hit me up on social media my name is mike freeland so it's going to be at m-i-k-e-f-r-e-l-a-n-d let's go to next article e-wrestling news very interesting article that i read earlier andrew ravens who we have uh used many times on the five before now eric bischoff spoke on the latest episode of his podcast 83 weeks about vince mcmahon's interview last week on the pat mcafee show now during it he stated that the negative talk online from fans towards wwe is coming also from aew in a quote he says why is that there's no one reason for it bischoff said you look at the haters people bashing wwe and they're talking about the internet wrestling community it's just the nature of social media, not just in the WWE or wrestling in general. The nature of social media is to be contrarian or to hate or to be negative. So you've got that. And now you've got that for WWE. It's a $5 billion global wrestling company. Um, Bischoff would also go on to say, we like to be on the journey and watch people make it to the top. And we also enjoy watching them crash and burn, only hoping that there will be a resurrection. It's the ride that people walk. You can't wait to see people become successful. Then sometimes we can't wait to see them fall. That's true in any wrestling promotion. He thinks the influence of AEW president Tony Khan on fans also contributes to the negativity towards WWE. Bischoff would go on to say, but let's be honest. Listen to a lot of social media commentary coming out of AEW camp. 
Brian Danielson, class act, but very few people. Talent within AEW have been very uh, associated with WWE in the past in some cases, but never been associated with WWE themselves, and their comments are all negative. They're hating on it. They're hating on WWE, and that's why they're trying to build their own loyalty. What do you think about that? Do you feel like a lot of hate towards WWE is being propagated by Tony Khan and AEW? Do you think Tony Khan sometimes takes too many shots at WWE for what they do and what they don't do? I will say I definitely noticed that Tony Khan said some things, some direct comments towards WWE in the past. Now, do I think it's any more egregious than what was done by Paul Heyman or what was done by Eric Bischoff or what has been done by other companies in the past? I don't. I don't. But do I also think that AEW could kind of tone it down to some extent and just focus on their own business? I do. I absolutely do. But once again, this is what makes things interesting. The bashing that goes back and forth, I think it's fun. I don't think it's harming anyone. It's definitely not harming anyone's business. Both companies seem to be doing fine right now. So it should be really interesting. Really interesting. Let's go ahead and let's jump on to another article that caught my attention. And gosh, this is so weird. But this is being written by Ryan Clark from eWrestling News. Definitely check out eWrestlingNews.com. Great website. As seen on Friday night's episode of SmackDown, Pete Dunne made his official main roster debut. Uh, kind of. But his name has been changed to Butch. Now, Butch became an ally of Sheamus and Ridge Holland during their match with the New Day. Now, according to a report from Fightful, the word came out the rounds on Friday afternoon that something very dumb was planned for the show. Of course, that pertained to Pete Dunne and his name change. Additionally, there were several wrestlers outside the company who had heard about the plan, the name change, on Thursday, and some thought it was a Bushwhackers-related rib. But for those unaware, Rich Holland's real name is Luke. So could there potentially have been something? Who knows? Luke Butch? Maybe one former WWE superstar said that he thought it was likely in reference to Butch from the Little Rascals. Does anybody, I don't know if I want to say if anybody is surprised anymore, but, you know, they, they change Walter to Gunther. Now they're changing Pete Dunne to Butch. What, why are we doing this? Why is WWE doing this? I would love to know the rationale. What is the rationale? Is it marketing? Is it intellectual property? Is it being able to trademark another entity so they can make more money? It, it involves money in some way, shape, or form. Because why would you change a wildly successful pro wrestler who has a name, a following, and then all of a sudden decide to call him something completely different? I don't understand. I don't understand the, the Walter Gunther thing either. Once again, WWE keeps these things very close to their chest. There's never any explanation as to why. And I think that kind of irritates some fans. Now, your WWE loyalists will just, they'll go along with it. But I think everybody else, the wrestling community, is just shaking their head going, why would you do this? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever why you would change somebody's name after they built up such a successful brand for themselves. But it is what it is. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike Freeland. Love to know what your thoughts are when it comes to wrestlers giving name changes or being given a name change. I think that, um, I don't know, just leave you scratching your head. Let's go ahead and let's go back to Wrestling Observer Online. Jay White versus Chris Sabin is set for New Japan Strong Style Evolved. Let's take a look at the news from this one. Once again, this is coming from Ian Carey. 
He is stating at this hour, Jay White versus Chris Sabin is set for New Japan Strong Style Evolved. And New Japan of America posted a video on Friday featuring Sabin answering Jay White's ongoing U.S. of J Open Challenge. In a quote, it says, forget the surprises. I'm just going to tell you straight up right now, Jay, I accept your challenge for March the 20th. New Japan Strong, Chris Sabin versus Jay White. Now, White and Saban are involved in an ongoing program in Impact Wrestling as well. They're also scheduled to face each other on Friday, April 1st for Impact Multiverse of Matches. Now, White defeated Saban's teammate Alex Shelley at last Saturday's Impact Sacrifice, and the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns will face Jay White and Chris Bay on an upcoming episode of Impact, which will air on Access TV. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style Evolved will be a TV taping and is set for Sunday, March the 20th from St. Petersburg Coliseum in Tampa, Florida. Are you a big Impact Wrestling fan? Are you a big New Japan Pro Wrestling fan? I feel like New Japan is something that very few people honestly know much about. I feel like if you don't keep up with it, it is on access as well, but I feel like if you don't keep up with it, you can often just catch little snippets of information about them. But they got some tremendous talent over there. And I feel like in a lot of ways, once the Bucks and Kenny left and Cody left and there was a shell of the Bullet Club that was left over there, I think a lot of people kind of lost interest. You're more casual American wrestling fans. But they still have a great stable of wrestlers that are out there as well. Now, New Japan obviously had a relationship with Ring of Honor and still do. Uh, what would happen with the current or the new version of Ring of Honor? Would New Japan still have that type of relationship? New Japan recently has had a relationship with Impact Wrestling where there's been some crossover. But is more crossover to happen? I'm not really quite sure. We're going to have to find out on all of that in the time coming. Um, let's take a look at this one. I think this one's going to be really interesting. John Moxley and Brian Danielson, um, are going to be continuing to be headlined and focused in AEW specifically for a St. Patrick's day slam tag team match. Now, John Moxley and Brian Danielson will be taking on Chuck Taylor and Wheelie Yuta on Wednesday's edition of AEW dynamite. Now a new dynamite match has been added to Wednesday's St. Patrick's day slam. A week following their debut as a tag team, John Moxley and Brian Danielson will team together to take on the combination of best friends of Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. Now, Moxley and Danielson were opponents in last Sunday's Revolution pay-per-view, but they shook hands after the bout after William Regal insisted that they become an alliance. You can stay tuned for more information on AEW, what's going to happen on the upcoming edition of St. Patrick's Day Slam for Dynamite. What do you think about the tag team of John Moxley and uh, Brian Danielson? Do you like it? Do you think it would be better if they were rivals? You know, the thing I keep thinking about here is the way they could build this up could almost be kind of like the Mega Powers if they want to take that angle. You know, you got two huge baby faces right now, and you could have them tag together, tag together. And if you follow the Mega Power storyline, there was these small, small things that happened along the way. But now when you really pay attention to them, it could build up to them eventually having another big colossal match against each other, which would end um, this ongoing storyline with both of them. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Who knows? But I think it'll be really, really interesting. Uh, to find out where this whole thing goes. Will they just stay a babyface tag team? What's William Regal's 
role in AEW. We still haven't found that out quite yet. We know that he's clearly a great person to have in management from what he's done in NXT. But will he be utilized in that same capacity in AEW? We don't know. You know, he hasn't eluded to being anything other than that in any interviews. We don't know if he's going to be anything more than just a manager for both Mockley and Danielson. I would be very curious. I would be very surprised if he was not involved in some way, shape, or form um, with doing some things behind the scenes, helping the young talent out, seeing where they're going, and seeing where everything is going to lead. I think it'll be really, really good. Uh, As I scour all of this, let's go ahead and let's find out some more information that's happening right now in the world of wrestling. This one is coming from Fightful.com. Once again, Fightful.com. You can follow them on all forms of social media. Um, This article is from the Fightful staff, and here is all of the ratings that they have had so far on SmackDown. Now, SmackDown has done quite well on the Fox network. Um, I think that when you look at it, that brand is is way more stronger than the Raw brand. They have successfully averaged over 2 million viewers for the better part since their inception on Fox. Now, a big question could be when the next contract deal is up for Monday Night Raw, could Monday Night Raw also go to Fox? That's something that I've heard a lot of wrestling insiders talk about as well. What would the benefit be to staying in USA? I mean, Monday Night Raw has predominantly been on the USA Network for pretty much since its inception, except for the small time it went to TNT, uh, or TNN, I'm sorry. And then they came back to USA because they were offered a really big contract. Do you think there's any chance that would happen? I'd like to know. I think it'd be interesting. Let's go on to our next headline that has caught my eye. This is coming from eWrestlingNews.com, eWrestlingNews.com. Andrew Ravens, this article is entitled Booker T Questions, Tony Khan's Decision to Be the New ROH Booker. Now, as we know, AEW President Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor with the idea uh, that he would be booking the future stars in the world of pro wrestling. Now, all the deal was yet to be figured out. Khan wants to be hands-on in his new company. During the latest episode of Booker T's Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T spoke about Khan's plans for Ring of Honor. Booker T has said, quoting, well, I don't understand the idea of Tony saying he's going to be the booker show booker for the Ring of Honor shows because you've already got a company over there like AEW. Why would you want to do something like that? First of all, there again, it's just going to be doing more shows. Why do something like that when you've got a company that already does shows? I don't get it. I don't understand it. But maybe here in the future we will know exactly what the hell is going to be going on. He seems to be a little confused. Are you confused? How do you feel about Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor? Do you feel like he should have just left the company in the same order it was prior? Maybe calling back the talent, bringing them in, bringing the management that was back in, leaving everything in place and just kind of overseeing it? Or are you a big fan of, of Ring of Honor almost becoming the NXT for AEW? You know, I've thought about this a lot, and I think that there's definitely a niche for Ring of Honor. But I don't think Tony Khan should be running it. And the reason why is because AEW is obviously going to be your bread and butter. It is going to be your main show. You want to make sure you're putting all of your attention to your main brand. And and not to say that Ring of Honor, or whatever they end up calling it at some point, AEW presents Ring of Honor, 
they need to have somebody else. There needs to be some level of separation because I think if one person is doing too much, they're going to become overwhelmed. And then we all know when you become overwhelmed with too much, the quality of your product starts to suffer. And we don't want to have anything like that. I, I think more wrestling is good. An overabundance of so-so wrestling is definitely not going to be good. Let's talk about this. Uh, the Hardy Boys, obviously, on last night's episode of Rampage, they came out and to a huge, huge pop. The Hardy Boys are officially back after so many years being apart. As you know, the last time the Hardys tagged together, they were in a Ring of Honor feud with the Young Bucks. And then, obviously, Matt and Jeff went their separate ways. Jeff went back to WWE. Matt went ahead and hit the indies until he ended up coming to AEW. Now, as we know, back in December, Jeff was released by WWE after they either offered him to go to rehab or to cut him loose. Jeff refused to go to rehab, so WWE cut him loose. He sat out his 90-day non-compete. Now they are back together again. Uh, we saw also on Wednesday Night Dynamite that the AHOF is now broken up. That leads to the Hardys having a chance to go ahead and become a tag team again. Tony Khan has bought the rights to the original Hardys music. I think that's going to be exciting. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think this is just another opportunity to give some nostalgia back to the fans? Or do you think the Hardys can still go? And do you think the Hardys could still be a contender in the tag division? Love to know what your thoughts are on that. Hit me up. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E. F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about this. Uh, oh, where is my tab? Just when I thought things were going to be working out easy for me on this episode. Sometimes things go kind of astray. But once again, that's just the uh, the nature of everything when it comes to podcasting. Um, former WWE superstar deletes a tweet claiming he's joined the Control Your Narrative. Now, many of us are familiar with the Control Your Narrative. That is the new promotion uh, slash wrestling shows that are going on with wrestlers who believe that they have been unjustly uh, criticized for things that have happened in the past. Dirty Dango, formerly known as Fandango in WWE, has deleted a tweet claiming he is the next signee to Control Your Narrative. Now, this month, Control Your Narrative has its first Live event with a tape show planned for later this month. On Twitter, Dango confirmed his involvement with the promotion, but then deleted the post. It's unclear if this deletion is of his own choice or decision made by those at CYN through an image from the post that was captured by a fan. Control your narrative. Very interesting. Not sure if so many people understand what control your narrative is, but it's a promotion, as I said before, I believe Austin Aries, EC3, the former Braun Strowman, there's some other people involved as well. Um, they want to decide how they are going to be interpreted. They are going to control the narrative. It's not going to be he was hard to work with, he had a bad attitude, there were things backstage. They are going to say, you know what, forget the rumor and innuendo. We are going to go ahead and control our own destiny and our perceptions uh, by the fans are going to be directly correlated to what we do and only what we do. So control your narrative promotion. What's your thoughts on that? A lot of people I've talked to in the wrestling industry, especially with fans, they are not even familiar with what in the world control your narrative is. It seems like it's been a big thing with wrestlers in the 
the wrestlers wanting to not have a perception of them to be tainted by what other people have said of them. And so at this point in time, they're calling it out and saying, you know what, we're going to be the ones who dictate what is said about us and how it is perceived by wrestling. But we all know that that's not going to happen. Wrestling fans always have their own opinions on things. All right, let's move on. Another article that caught my interest from E-Wrestling News. Uh, this article is, once again, by Andrew Ravens. Go ahead and follow him on social media and follow his articles. Uh, this entitled article is Alexa Bliss is open to a run with the WWE NXT Women's title. Now, Alexa Bliss is one of the WWE stars featured on the panel during a launching stream for the new WWE 2K22 video game. When she was introduced, Pete Rosenberg... Uh, noted that Bliss is a multi-time WWE Women's Champion and asked if there was any more titles that she hasn't won but would like to. She's quoted by saying, NXT, I've not won the NXT Women's Championship, Bliss stated. Alexa Bliss, as many of you guys know, um, has been involved a lot with the Bray Wyatt storyline and has worn colorful makeup, had the dolls, had that creepy image of her right now. A lot of people are wondering when that kind of creepy persona is going to end and where she will go back to being her original character. Uh, Bliss last wrestled at the Elimination Chamber on February the 19th, and WWE reportedly doesn't have any plans for her wrestling at WrestleMania 38. Not to say that that's a, um, a kiss of death when it comes to it, but that's the biggest show of the year. And you got a lot of people on that show, and I can honestly tell you, Alexa Bliss is a really, really uh, big name in the company. I know right now she draws a lot of fans to her social media accounts. I know she does push, push a lot of merchandise. Why in the world would she not uh, have a match at WrestleMania? It kind of throws me for a swerve, if you will. All right. So many things going on. Let's go ahead and over to another wrestling website. I'm a big fan of WrestlingInc.com. Story that I thought was once again interesting. This is written by Mark Middleton at this hour. It is coming out. It's entitled Warner Media Official Reportedly is Against AEW Signing the Briscoe Brothers. Now, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions at Briscoes are reportedly not expected to sign with AEW anytime soon. Now, there's been rumors on AEW signing the Briscoes since Ring of Honor went on a hiatus back in December, and recent social media beef between the Briscoes and AAA World Tag Team Champions, FTR, just added to that speculation. However, in an update by FIFO Select, reports that a person of influence at Warner Media did not want Mark and Jay Briscoe in AEW, mainly due to Jay's homophobic tweets from 2013. Now, Jay ended up apologizing for those uh, for those tweets short, shortly after they made them at a Ring of Honor show. Now, it was noted that prior to the Ring of Honor sale, there was talk about AEW did not have plans to sign the Bis Briscoe brothers. There's no word if there's any interest in still signing them at some point in time, but the Warner Media higher-ups are not wanting the Briscoes signed because of that issue. Uh, Ring of Honor sources noted that the Briscoes credit, they hadn't caused any issues in the company, um, since those tweets, one AEW source added that the Briscoes were made for TV. You can't blame AEW or Time Warner. Now, regarding rumors of FTR versus the Briscoes, word is that as of a month ago, there were no imminent plans for the two teams to clash either in a revamped ROH or AEW or really anywhere else. 
But before that, before the AEW purchased Ring of Honor, they, things could have changed. The Briscoes and FTR are interested in having a match, and multiple indie promotions said they'd be willing to pay significant money to make it happen. Interesting story here. Um, you know, when you deal with a huge media conglomerate like Warner Media, they don't want backlash. They don't want bad PR. They don't want anything that can draw the ear of, you know, people who may like AEW, but then all of a sudden they say, oh, wow, look what's happening here. This isn't a good thing. I'm not going to watch AEW because this individual said this or this individual said that. But let's talk about this for a second. What about the things that Sammy Guevara said? That was not good, but Sammy Guevara is a big impact player in uh, AEW. Once again, that was said many years ago. Is something like that taken into consideration? Well, maybe, maybe not. There are things that are happening in people's pasts, and they apologize for them. And th this is my personal opinion. If they apologize, and they genuinely mean it, and they move on, and they keep their nose clean, and they admit their faults, you got to move on yourself. We got to stop thinking that everybody is just these robots and that people don't make mistakes. And I'm not saying whatsoever that the Briscoes should have made those comments at all. Not at all. Horrible comments shouldn't do it. But what I'm saying, though, is if someone genuinely apologizes and realizes their ways of being wrong and tries to amend those and grow as a person, I mean, isn't that what life's about? Just my opinion. Uh, we'll find out more what happens with all of this. We'll find out if Tony Khan you know, wants to push this issue any further or he'll decide just to kind of let it go. Love to know what uh, what your thoughts are uh, on this issue. Hit me up on social media. My name is Mike Freeland. You can hit me up at M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, let's go ahead. Robert Grunier is writing an article at this hour with WrestlingInc.com. Remember the man known as Braun Strowman? Well, Adam Shear wants to lead wants the lead role in an upcoming Amazon Prime TV series. Let's talk about that. It was reported earlier this week by Deadline that live-action TV series based upon the God of War video game franchise may soon be in the works. Amazon Prime's video studios are in negotiations to make a series based on the widely popular mythology-themed game. Now, with that being said... Um, here, hearing different news from the former WWE star, Adam Shear, he took to social media with a photo of his Halloween costume and he addressed as Kratos from Go W or G O W. Uh, I hope I said that right. So I hear they are looking for a new character for the God of War series, and he is very interested in being a part of that. So it's interesting. Um, creators of the Expanse show, Mark Fergus and Hawk Obsby of the Wheel of Time, uh, executive producer, showrunner, uh, who works along Sony Pictures and Television and PlayStation, uh, have been working to create the show. It is expected that Amazon and Sony will co-produce the project together. Now, Sheer last performed as part of the Control Your Narrative debut show, CYN, The Awakening, in Orlando, at the Tin Roof, at Icon Park in Orlando. And it was noted in recent press releases that the March 31st live event in Dallas will be the promotion's first TV tapings. Interesting. Um, like I talked about earlier, the Control Your Narrative promotion, I, I don't know really how far this is going to go. I don't know if this is something that's going to be a short-term thing. 
I don't think it has legs, to be honest with you. But as far as him wanting to be a part of this Amazon Prime TV series, I feel like he's trying to follow in the footsteps of some other wrestlers who've made transitions into acting. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I do think he may struggle to some extent just because of, and once again, I know I just talked about, you know, you can't let the past dictate what your future is, but I think he needs to be super careful with what he chooses to do. Uh, and control your narrative might not necessarily be the best thing to be a part of when you're trying to change your image and be a part of something such as a huge, huge project that is with Amazon Prime. They're going to look at you because you would be essentially the face of not only the show, but you would be a, a big spokesperson for the brand itself. They don't want to take any risks that would hurt their potential investment. So we'll see what happens on that one. Let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media. Would love to get to know what your thoughts are. Let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, this was a good one. This one is written by Eric Mutter. Loved reading this one. The Hardy Boys uh, recently stated who uh, their favorite feud of all time was. A common question many wrestlers see these days from fans and pundits is what is their Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? Now, AEW star Jeff Hardy was the latest to be asked if he had a Mount Rushmore of his own. And if he did, what would it be and who would be on it? Oh, yeah, Hardy said. Shawn Michaels, Rey Mysterio, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan have been involved in many matches over his long career. Jeff was also asked about the best matches he was ever involved in. For his tag team matches with his brother Matt, Jeff pointed to the numerous TLC matches against the Dudleys, Edge, and Christian. And for his singles career, Hardy mentioned the famous ladder match he had with WWE Hall of Famer, The Undertaker. Now, he says, probably the TLC matches. Also, Solos versus me and The Undertaker for the world title. Jeff Hardy also was asked about his favorite feud of all time, and he confirmed it was the one with Umaga. Hardy and Umaga feuded with each other on and off while the WWE Raw brand in 2007 and 2008. He went on to say, favorite feud of all time, Hardy said. Yep. So that is from WrestlingInc.com. Please follow them. Raj Geary is an amazing person. I've had a chance to interview him, and Eric Mutter is a great columnist. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you agree with his Mount Rushmore? Do you disagree with his Mount Rushmore? What are your thoughts? Do you have a Mount Rushmore? I would love to know what your thoughts are. All right, guys, that is going to do it for the Freeland Five for today. Once again, apologies for no episode yesterday, but you know what? We came back with, I think, a pretty good one for today. Remember, don't forget, For Our Material is live each and every Tuesday night on Twitch. That's twitch.tv forward slash Pod. All of our shows drop on Fridays, uh, for the most part, sometimes it's Saturday mornings. Also, don't miss uh, Future Stars Now, which airs on Twitch tv slash frmpod and that's on fridays and once again the audio version drops on fridays as well go ahead and follow myself go ahead and follow the writ christopher butt liam savage moondog greg murray and so many others who make the brand so successful it is that's going to do it for me we'll catch you next time on the freeland five the world of nlw radio never stops 